Bright Sounds, the voice of Brightworld. Hello and welcome back to Bright Sounds. I'm Leah Ferris and today James Foster, Jenny Rumble and Lana Foster, the designated safeguarding leads here at Brightworld, are talking to Adam Lubbock of Kings River Education, who is a safeguarding practitioner. Adam offers safeguarding training across the UK school and guardianship sector and specifically offers training to Aegis guardians to keep them up to date with everything they need to know. Last week, Adam delivered training for DSL, which stands for Designated Safeguarding Leads, to a good number of Aegis guardianship organisations. Brightworld was one such organisation and Lana, James and Jenny all attended. To kick off the chat today, I'm going to hand over to Lana, our Managing Director. Hello, Lana. Hi, hello everyone. And uh, thank you, Leah, for that introduction. And Adam, thank you for joining us today and for doing the training for us last week. I found it really useful and ever so engaging. Um, you actually kept my attention for the whole two mornings, which is something well, else. Well, thank you very much, Lana. And uh, hello, everybody. Um, well, it's absolutely a pleasure. Um, safeguarding training um, has that perception of being dreaded by everybody. So I'm actually quite pleased that you found it enjoyable and uh, I hope useful without uh, too much of a to-do list at the end. Well, um, can't say there wasn't a massive to-do list at the end. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> we, we had a big to-do list afterwards, didn't we, Jenny, in the meeting? We did. Hmm. Uh, but that's good. Um, Adam, before we kick off, could you give us just a brief introduction to Kings River Education and all the training, the different types of training that you offer? Yes, thank you. Um, so I started my own company, Kings River Education, in August 2018. And it was at the same time that I was uh, finishing off my, my teaching career of 20 odd years. And uh, certainly uh, those that uh, know me well were quite shocked that I'd sort of stepped away from teaching, but it, it certainly runs through my family um, with my parents, but also my, my two elder sisters are, are still teachers. Um, I was then very fortunate um, to be given a hand by someone else to help me and support me and uh, taken under the wing of a safeguarding trainer in Suffolk called Lisa. And she supported me. And uh, before long, um, I was involved with, with all the safeguarding courses that were on offer. And uh, these sort of range from the introduction to safeguard training um, that to go into schools, uh, but also the uh, DSL training that we spoke about, the designated safeguarding lead training, but also governor and trustee training, and uh, also looking at this single central record, which is a, a pretty important document to make sure we've got the right people working in establishments. But along with that, um, also help and support um, local schools and organisations with their safeguarding culture by by helping them with sort of helpful audits. Um, so as you know, more recently, I've been more involved with Aegis to support their training, and in particular, the DSL training of, of recent, but also an online course that we've pushed forward to uh, support guardianship and host families. And uh, so far, the feedback's been very positive, And so we're looking forward to developing this a lot further. That's great. And um, I mean, I've I found the training hugely useful last week and really interesting, as I've said. But um, Jenny, James um, and Leah, what, what, what were the most useful things that you guys found about the training? Jenny? 
Yeah, I mean, I have to agree, Lana. The training was absolutely fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, really engaging um, and kept my my attention throughout. So that was really good. Um, okay. I thought one of the um, most important things that came out of it for me was um, obviously going over the important updates to keeping children safe in education, um, as well as the pointers to um, free further training and reading that's available to everybody. So um, things like going into prevent training in more depth um, and FGM training in more depth was really useful. I didn't know those resources were out there. No, I didn't know either that there was so many sort of free online courses and, and resources that you can tap into. That's right. I mean, there's lots of charities that are fantastic um, with what they produce um, for free online courses. Um, I think we mentioned about ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, um, we mentioned about FGM, female genital mutilation, and the PREVENT um, certificates. That's just to name um, a few. But um, also with, with keeping children safe, um, it's, it's really useful, not only just for schools and colleges, but it also helps guide us for anyone who, who's um, sort of supporting children and making sure we're keeping them safe. So therefore, there, there are many key aspects that can um, support us within the, the guardianship sector. Um, alongside keeping children safe, there's, there's also working together to safeguard children. And uh, that really supports us with the um, not only that working together part, which is so important, but it's that sharing of information to keep children safe. So yeah, lots of free information out there and courses, um, but also some very good guidance that points us in the right direction. Yeah, I learned a lot of um, new phrases uh, that are cropping up, like um, cuckooing and bondage debt. In terms of um, what we, you know, we're learning about county lines, it was uh, useful to uh, learn about what to look for, look out for. Yes, James. I mean, county lines is is a is a big big problem um, in the whole country. But uh, we have to remember that on the whole, children are generally well looked after and that they're safe. But uh, safeguarding allows us to to know more about the problems um, that are out there and to have the awareness can prevent some of these areas becoming um, a bit of a problem. But if we care for children, whether it's in the UK or, or even for children that come from overseas, you know, we need to be mindful of what the risks are and spot the signs and indicators for these. But county lines basically isn't, isn't a new phenomenon. It's been out there for a number of years. It may be the name that's given to it, which is rather new. But um, if I sort of say, just say very briefly that in short, county lines is the transferring of drugs around by children um, who are groomed or coerced. And there's, there's various versions of that that I'll just allude to. But as the children move around in plain sight, they're, they're less likely to get stopped and, uh, and also to get a criminal record. And, so it's um, the children that are approached by people, drug dealers, and they're persuaded to carry drugs. You know, for the listeners who don't know, um, they're persuaded to then carry drugs and is it called county lines because it's between counties or on trains yes it's it's to do i mean with regards to county lines there's the, the there's i i in training I, I tend to sort of allude to sort of three main parts of it you, you have the sort of main model which is out there which is um where drugs are transported from urban to rural areas so from sort of cities and into the countryside so children from the cities um are are made to carry the drugs, often internally, 
um, and carry these drugs. Um, they might have a, um, some money on them, but they also will have a what they call a burner phone or, or a phone that's carried with the contacts of those people that uh, want to buy the drugs and uh, buying drugs cheaper and of higher quality than maybe people in the countryside who've been selling drugs for many, many years. Um, so that's sort of one mate, the main model. But there's also other versions of it that you also have where we, where we look at places and spaces. And that's where gang members will come up from areas like London or, or down to, to where you are, for example. And they'll, they'll have a look about what's happening in the local community. And that's where the grooming goes on um, outside of our schools, um, it could be in the parks. So it's the places and spaces that, that could be where children are, um, are just having fun, just being children, to be honest. And they, they can easily be groomed at those times. Um, so it's also that side, um, but also the local gangs um, that, that we have within sort of areas, within, within cities and towns, that they have their own versions of the county lines as well. So it's their own siblings, but also friends of their siblings um, who might be at schools. So really it's um, that any child um, can be sort of vulnerable to county lines. And uh, James mentioned about uh, the debt bondage. And, and that is something that, that basically is where a child gets sort of stuck into being involved with a gang and the, the transporting of the drugs because they, they, they owe something. So they've got the debt and they, they, they have a debt because basically they, they get um, ambushed from within a gang that they've sort of become to get to know these, these people. And they get ambushed. They have the drugs, they, maybe the phone or money, whatever's taken away. And it's an internal sort of ambush. And then these children then owe. And this owing is that debt bondage. And uh, that can be, you know, the threat that goes on to a child can be through stabbing. Or it could be that maybe they're going to pay a visit to one of their friends. Or if it's a, a child that doesn't have the family or does have the family over here, then they'll see to members of their family. So a lot of pressure, therefore, with the emotional side of it is put on to uh, the children as well. So that's... Yeah. Um, so, sorry, Lana. Um, it, well, it's just... Um... You know, it's horrible, isn't it? And it's very, very good that we are more aware that this can go on because I think lots of people and lots of parents and British parents aren't aware of the the dangers. And you told us about even the drill music that children listen to, which sort of gets them into liking things on social media and that, that attracts them to these bad people. It's just... That's what I mean. I found that really, really interesting. And I subsequently, um, a couple of days afterwards, asked a friend of mine who had her daughter with her. And I asked the daughter if she knew about drill music. And she did, but the mother didn't. And um, she, the girl knew it was wrong to listen to it. But it's just so available, isn't it, to children to listen to? It, it is available. Um, and, you know, you'll have, we don't want to demonize. Uh, drill music or grime music in this way but we, we do have um, some situations where it can be used to groom children and uh, certainly in so the area not, where it's not all drill music it's just some yes yeah. yes absolutely so I mean you know the, the main sort of um, chart music um, it, it might talk about various aspects of of drugs and gang life activity but um, there will be sort of smaller gangs that um, that will um, also have their own music and it's very much the English sounding drill music which is very popular with children and obviously they listen to it on on YouTube channels 
and they can like, share, subscribe, comment. And, uh, and obviously with social media, once, once a child is engaging um, with a gang because they like their music and it's through peer pressure as well that you know, their friends might like and share it and so they feel they have to. Social media, as we know, works both ways. If you, if you start engaging with it, then those organisations such as gangs or whatever it is can come back and also um, contact you as well. And probably very few parents um, are aware of what their children um, are actually sort of looking at uh, on their phones. If they've got headphones on, for example, what are they listening to? What are they following? Um, and what are they subscribing to on YouTube and other um, social uh, media networks? So it is, it is a big concern, but also for international students as well. So for host families to be aware of this, um, I think it's also very, very important. Yes, it's really important um, that we keep our training up to date. Isn't it, Jenny? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, just touching on what you were saying there as well about how, um, you know, these people develop new ways and means um, of, of infiltrating and getting through to children. And, you know, they're very clever in using music and social media. Um, so it is really important that we keep our training um, up to date and we don't fall behind um, with that kind of thing. Um, our own Aegis Reinspection is coming up um, next year. So we've been really um, heavily um, making sure that all our training is up to date, although obviously we always try to do that anyway. Um, but we, you know, we want to make sure that all our staff um, and host families are also aware of some of these things which came out of the training for us. Yes, so Adam, I understand that you've also designed a bespoke online training program for host families um, because that would be useful for us and it's it's a first to my knowledge to have a program tailored for for guardianship host families yes yeah, so um over over lockdown um sort of wrote and recorded um some training which updated sort of come in line with keeping children safe um, and looking at all the sort of hot topic areas um, that are involved within safeguarding and look, looking at how it would sort of suit a host family and guardianship staff um, sort of set up and, and sort of pitched um, for that sort of area. Um, because you know, we look at international children and uh, they, they do have the, the added um, complexity of, of having culture shock as well, the, that element coming over. So they come over to a new culture and, and having to fit in, that can, again, make them um, particularly vulnerable. So the, the training is organised to, to try and allow the host family or staff member to work through a number of modules. And, uh, and then there are some, some questions asked at the end of the modules, which once they've answered those correctly, they can then proceed through to the next sort of module stage. And uh, included, we put in there general safeguarding awareness. Um, so it comes into sort of spotting signs of abuse, for example, but also looking into hot topics such as county lines that we've talked about um, in, into peer on peer abuse and child on child abuse. Um, the prevent um, duty as well, what that looks like and, and uh, being aware of that, sort of, uh, even with the online side of that, but also FGM, which I've mentioned already. And, um, and very importantly, about online safety. And uh, children have spent a huge amount of time online during lockdown, but generally have spent a lot of time online anyway as part of sort of the, the generation sort of culture in that way. But um, we've also brought in a little bit about mental health, uh, which is uh, included because it's such an important area um, of what's happening in the world at the moment at all, 
for everybody really um for, for children but also for adults but um this, this has been something that uh, we, we've always been aware of that with international children um from from a number of cultures they, they find it very difficult to open up about their mental health and so therefore you know we're seeing that it's quite key that host families but also guardianship staff are just aware of this and and trying to spot the signs and indicators that might present themselves because sometimes the children might not be um, that fast at coming forward. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, it, it's so important for host families to be aware of these things because they spend more time with the children than anyone else. Um, our staff will, you know, go and see them at school and, and, and develop a relationship with them for a small part of the year but host families spend days and days and days with them so it's so important that our families are trained I mean one of the things we've struggled with in the past you know we've offered host families training we haven't had anything as straightforward and easy to access as this um, online program that you're offering Adam so we're we're really grateful that you've you've come up with this solution for guardianship companies um, one of the things that I guess we'd still struggle with if it wasn't possible, though, was we offer the families we, the the training, but how can we tell when they've actually completed it? Is is it something that we can see or you can tell us? Who's yeah, yes, um, I mean, there's ways to log in to see how, how people are progressing, um, but there's also um, the, the chance that uh, um, what we can do is is send through a, a weekly or a, or um, fortnightly reports can be sent through where you can see sort of what percentage um, the host family or, or, or staff are up to to see where they're up to so so they can be either chivied along um, or um, or you can see actually who's who's completed it but we also make sure we send the certificates through to not only um, the person who's completed the course but also to the guardianship um, organization as well so I'd say probably that's the best way is just to get the um, um, the update that comes through with with sort of weekly or fortnightly um, to request that really, that that would probably tick that box quite nicely for you. I mean, that will be really useful for us because um, as Lana sort of mentioned, it's it's one thing to offer a course um, to people, but we do struggle to monitor it um, and check that they have taken it. So to be able to check that out really easily um, will be great for us to make sure, you know, all our host families are keeping on top of um, their own safeguarding awareness as well. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And, you know, all the Brightwood staff benefit from the safeguarding training that you give, Adam. And we thank you very much for for making it so easy for us to monitor um, not just host families, but with our, our internal, you know, our staff who's had what training and when their next update is due. So this um, link that you have with Aegis is so so beneficial for us because it's a difficult thing to keep on top of otherwise and um, it's a great resource so just on behalf of all of us thank you very much for what you're doing that's very kind thank you very much Lana seriously and thank you so much for joining us today and keeping all of the bright world guardianship team fully trained in safeguarding and child protection uh, and of course, thank you to Lana and James and Jenny for all joining us for today's chat. You've all been fantastic. <laughs> uh, and of course, thank you, the listeners at home, for tuning in. Uh, we hope you take care and we look forward to hearing from you all soon. Bye-bye.
Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you for listening to Bright Sounds, a podcast from Brightwell Guardianships. If you're interested in finding out more about anything we've discussed today, please visit our website, www.brightwellguardianships.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more. Bright Sounds is available as a podcast on major podcast platforms or by subscribing directly to us on Podbean. Please look forward to more fascinating interviews and discussions with our Brightwell team and expert guests. Take care and we'll hear from you at our next Bright Sounds podcast.